Story Show listeners, Shane here along with... Angie. And Jeremy. Uh, welcome to Story Show Podcast. We are talking about our last series of stories around the theme of Light My Fire. And uh, today's story is by Brad Kramer, whose story is called By the Light of the Fire. And uh, Brad's a consultant in town, but he's also been a firefighter and he lived up north. And um, we were talking about, he talks pretty vividly about being in a burning building and those kinds of things. And I was thinking about a time that I I was a little arson when I was a kid. I actually made (laughs) junior fire chief in my town because I was so obsessed with fire for a while. I don't, I still have the trophy. I have no idea what it means. I, so but I things. still like. I feel like there's a, still a red cape flying behind me, right? There I mean, was so much to unpack. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I start fires. I was a junior fire brigade owner, manager guy, and then you won I a was trophy. Junior fire chief, we won a trophy. It was a big by deal doing, in my little town. By of doing what? Well, actually, I think how I won the trophy was you had to go do little surveys with people about do they have a fire extinguisher in their house? Do they have fire smoke alarms in their houses? It was the safety patrol kind of thing. Oh. Public service. A public service. I really rallied around it. And <laughs> Weird. So I, not like you at all. Right, right, right. But uh, I really, I still have that trophy. I have all like, I have a Rubbermaid full of childhood things and that still never gets nice. cleaned out for some reason. You know, when I, when I was, uh, listening to Brad's story, <clears throat> I was thinking about um, Survivor and the fire challenges. Do you, did you guys ever get into Survivor? The fire challenges? Yeah, like mm-hmm. uh, they would sometimes have um, like a tribal council. Okay. If it came down to two people and like two people were tied or something and one, they, they would do a fire challenge. Okay. And and you'd have to you'd have to be prepared for a fire challenge. Like if you knew somebody was gonna pull some card and make you do a fire challenge, you know, they practice. And so they've been, you know, they're on the island or wherever they are. And everybody should know how to build a fire with flint. You oh, know, that's the idea. Yeah, if you're pulling your weight, you should be able to pull to. Yeah, if, if you're, you're in Survivor, that yeah. seems like a basic level skill. But once in a while, somebody, you know, who's been slacking or sure. just hasn't done that part of the job gets a fire challenge. So anyway. You guys, if we, we were, were on Survivor, it'd be me. I'm just telling you now. <laughs> <laughs> Are you a one-match Sally over there? I am no-match Sally. Like, I hang out in my three-season perch. We've covered this. Oh, you're saying you would not win. Yeah, correct, correct. I thought you were touting how good you were at a fire. I'm sorry. No. You know, every time we watched a fire challenge, I thought, I could do that. I was in Boy Scouts, like, 30 years ago. (laughs) And, And so we decided, let's order a Flint, you know. And we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna do this, right? We can't. My wife, my daughter, we we cannot start a fire with a flint to save our lives. I'll teach you how. Okay. I learned how to do it when I was hiking the Superior Hiking Trail. So I, I have the go. I have the flint and everything. We'll Perfect. do it. We'll Perfect. do it. We'll figure it out. Okay. Nice. We'll get this started. This teamwork makes the dream work. Isn't that what you told me? Ange? Every day. Every day. Every All day. right. Cool. Um, well. Should we listen to the story? Let's do it. All right. This is By the Light of the Fire by Brad Kramer. Someday, when Brad decides what he wants to do when he grows up, he's hoping it'll be something that he can do sitting on his dock on Fountain Lake. Until then, he's carving out his niche as a small business owner as he starts Prevenio Consulting. 
Because starting a business isn't quite crazy enough, he also enjoys running, or more accurately, crawling into burning buildings, making horse noises such as nay and ah, I at watershed board meetings, went through Blandon with the latest group from Albert Lee, including me, that's how we got to know each other, and he and his wife Lindsay have five kids, including three teenagers, one grandkid, and another grandkid on the way. Unlike most safety professionals, he likes things that go fast and scare his wife. This is The Light of the Fire by Brad Kramer. Fire. Fire is powerful as a tool, a metaphor, an enemy. It has touched all of us in each way. As a kid, I became involved in scouting. Fire is a big part of being a scout, being able to light it without matches or lighters, coming home from camping trips with everything smelling smoky. That smell brings me back to the camping trips where we huddled around the fire after nights in sub-zero temps in tents, small cabins heated with wood stoves, backpacking in New Mexico, and summer camp, where we got into all kinds of mischief while learning skills that would continue to serve us well in life. Telling stories around the campfire where we never quite knew what parts of the stories were true and what parts could be disregarded from our overactive imaginations as we heard rustling outside our tents while the crickets chirped and the owls hooted. Fire was part of the self-reliance, survival training, back to the basics that were so much a part of our development in the young men. As a teenager, having experiences like traveling all the way to Philmont Scout Ranch in New Mexico, I had the time of my life and set the foundation for being the kind of responsible risk taker I'd be for the rest of my life. We watched the 4th of July fireworks while sitting on the edge of a cliff above the fireworks. Rock climbed, hiked up 12,000 foot Mount Balby and had a snowball fight in July, and played Rocky Mountain Frisbee. If you're wondering what Rocky Mountain Frisbee is, you set a trap, uh, the big rusty spring-loaded kind used for trapping animals, and throw it back and forth, catching it by the chain. No adults didn't know we were doing it, and yes, we kept all of our fingers. During my time as a scout, I'd gone whitewater rafting, camped in a cave, attended leadership training, and had been rock climbing in Taylor Falls when we had to flee camp in the middle of the night because the tornado sirens were going off. And when I pulled a single stake from my tent, the, it whipped up in the air like a kite, um, taking my feet uh, several inches off the ground, and a buddy had to help me wrestle it to the ground. We, we later found out that the tornado swept through minutes after we uh, drove off through torrential rain. After high school, my experiences in scouting led me to, the, to move to the Gunflint Trail in the middle of the Boundary Waters. As a dog sled guide, being able to start a fire for my guests was critical. Miles from civilization, whether the wind was whipping or it was 40 below zero, or both. In order to cook a shore lunch of walleye and potatoes to fill their bellies and warm their hands during an eight-hour trip across lakes and through the wilderness. Being outside and in the elements was part of who I was. It was second nature. Whether my guest was a wealthy business owner or a farmer from another country whose vacation was their one luxury, my ability to start a fire, cook them a meal, and let them warm their hands could be that one moment that would make or break their experience of this exotic vacation and brought them a glimpse of a forgotten world and time. 
And then there were the times when we were out of view of the guests, just us guides, hooking up our best dogs for a run down our favorite trails in the middle of the night. The northern lights would be dancing wildly in colors rarely seen in nature, a fire in the sky. Lighting the snow enough that we didn't need our flashlights to navigate the wilderness. While still a guide, I joined the fire department. My first certification was as a first responder and then a wildland firefighter. We trained to confront fire when it ceased being a tool and became an enemy, destroying homes and threatening lives, but being a brutal necessity of life that could rejuvenate a landscape and repopulate the forest, an ever-present balancing act that man can't quite seem to come to grips with, scarring the land to bring forth new life. After being on two volunteer departments, I decided to go through the academy, and I started Firefighter 1 and 2 on 9-11, on what would later become the deadliest day in the history of our, our nation's uh, firefighting history. I never did finish my academy because I enlisted in the Navy and chose to promptly leave for basic training that December. However, my bad hearing would be cause for a medical discharge toward the end of boot camp. And I came back to Minnesota to get a, get a degree in criminal justice. I never rejoined a department until moving to Albert Lee. Prior to joining Albert Lee, I'd only been in training fires, but that has all changed. Being inside a house fire is a feeling unlike any other. The intense heat that our turnout gear and air tanks and masks protect us from until you get into conditions that, that uh, exceed their limits makes it easy to go just a little too far. I'd been in a training burn during my first time through the academy and I came out with my helmet melted and bubbling, yet I had no idea my gear was that hot and when I, when I went to take my gear off I burned my hand. Firefighters must understand things like flashover, backdrafts, reading smoke, ventilation, and a thousand other skills. On your hands and knees inside somebody's home, trying to stop the fire before the house is lost or to prevent it from spreading to other buildings, you sometimes can't see your hands in front of your face as you thump the floor with your tools while you crawl to make sure the fire hasn't burned through the floor. There is no greater sense of self-reliance and trust in your coworkers than being inside a building that can kill you with one wrong move. There is no other feeling like the adrenaline and fear, mixed with excitement and wonderment, while feeling the misery and sorrow of seeing somebody's home and belongings burn before your eyes. These experiences bring you closer to our ancestral roots, illuminating your mortality, illuminating your mortality, building your confidence and ability to act in dangerous situations. They remind us that despite our modern comforts, we could be a moment away from perishing. Fighting fires has taught me that nothing worth having comes without risk, and risk, when taken for the right reasons, can inspire a sense of freedom. And these experiences lit a different type of fire in me. Starting a business, like being in a burning building, brings an indescribable feeling of self-reliance but dependence on others. You must take risks that could bankrupt your family and derail your career, but, if done well, can create jobs, financial independence, add a tax base to your community, and bring opportunities to many people. A successful business brings value to your community, its consumers, its investors, and its employees. Knowing that you're taking great risk and flexing every muscle in your mind, going back to your roots as you find that desire that separates man from the rest of the animal kingdom, and seeking to build something bigger and grander, 
As we came in from the cold by building rudimentary shelters and decided we wanted our food cooked instead of raw. As we invented more and more tools that, ironically, brought us further and further from our very self-reliance and determination that brought us to, to where we are, is the greatest sense of freedom I've ever experienced. Business owners who succeed have learned to look like they got lucky, but knowing that really you make your own luck by preparing every avenue of opportunity that can be made so that when the opportunity that others call luck comes, you're ready to act. But if they fail, they'll lose everything invested, go bankrupt and lose other people's money, be called a loser and a schemer, often ending up divorced and bitter in the process. We live in a society where the American dream is almost interchangeable with the word entrepreneurship. To live a life where you don't have to ask for a raise, put in requests for days off or ask to leave work early, comes at the expense of working longer hours, being the first to go without pay, and working seven day weeks until the piper has been paid. This lifestyle is not for everybody, but anybody can do it. I cannot yet say I am a su successful business owner. I'm still nervous as I approach prospective clients, and I still let out a Ric Flair like, Woo! when I close a deal. I chose the name Provenio Consulting for my safety, environmental, and continuous improvement company for several reasons. Provenio is Latin for to aspire, succeed, prosper, arise. They are verbs that, like fire, just take just the right mixture, and when combined just right, are the tools that I will use to bring something bigger to Albert Lee and my family. The Light My Fire Story Show was produced by Shane Kepke, Angie Zoller-Barker, and me, Jeremy Corey Greenis. Please check out our webpage at thestoryshow.org and encourage your friends to listen to our podcast. They can find us wherever they listen to podcasts. Just search for The Story Show in quotes.